Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Although boxing wasn't legal in Ireland for women in the 1980s, one remarkable woman from Mornington was determined to become a world champion. Today, because of her impressive boxing career and unwavering desire to take her place in a world that didn't accept women, Deirdre Gogarty paved the way for many young boxers, including Katie Taylor, who names Deirdre as one of her many heroes. Deirdre's story is one of true grit, and this month marks the anniversary of her first female boxing bout in Ireland, where she she won six rounds against Anne-Marie Griffin. My next guest is leading a campaign to have a statue of Deirdre erected in Drogheda to commemorate her impressive career and legacy. I'm delighted to be joined now by Kieran McIver. He's co-founder of Boxing Bands Ireland. It's a boxing social media broadcaster. He's on the line with me now. How are you doing, Kieran? Very good, Sinead. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'd also like to thank my employers, uh, Butley Shippen, for letting me have the time to answer this uh, phone call. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, them, And thank you to you, Kieran, for introducing me to this wonderful woman. I had such uh, an enlightening experience learning more about her. And uh, what an important sporting legend who has done so, so much for female boxing from this local area. But tell me, how did you discover Deirdre's story? Uh, well, funny enough, actually, so a friend of mine uh, runs a Irish bo- boxing podcast um, in another part of the country, and uh, his name's Alan from Enswell Podcast, and he's a great one for, you know, putting up things from the archives, and he had a, he had a post up with this woman, Deirdre Gogarty, and I was like, who's this? And I went into it, and as you do, like a lot of people, when you go online on YouTube, whatever it is, you end up in a rabbit hole for many, many hours, mm. and that's what happened with me, and I was like, wait a minute, this, this woman's from... Mornington and she went to school and Drogheda her father was a dentist and Drogheda um, and then I went, looked at documentaries and whatnot, and I was like oh my god like, I discovered all these fights that she had um, world champion all these things and I was just like I, I cannot believe I, I've missed this person you know and uh, as hard as it was to get in touch with her I eventually did Yes, and I definitely want to talk to you about that in a second. But, you know, we hear about, you know, Ken Egan or, or Barry McGuigan or, you know, people like this. But you don't hear about Deirdre, Deirdre Gogarty. There needs to be a lot more recognition for her, doesn't there? Oh, massive. Uh, like, it's funny enough, like she, it was something that she really, really wanted to do. And no one really took her seriously about it. Um, I remember she was telling the story when she was sitting in her uh, father's dentist and the boxing club was across the road. And eventually she plucked up the courage to go in. And uh, her parents just presumed that uh, she was caught in a fella in the, in the boxing club, you know. But mm. no one really took her seriously. And when she told Barry McGuigan after he won his world title, she said to his face, you know, I want to follow in your footsteps. And he was like, um, but there is no women boxing in this country. But you look around uh, in this country, so many people, like it's much easier for women to turn over as a pro in this country. And Deirdre, it was illegal for her. And only for what she's done... Um, women is, in this country can actually turn over as pros uh, she won world titles she wouldn't come back home un- unless she had one mm. and you just look at what she's done in terms of the, the, the broad span like that she was a role model to Katie Taylor and herself Katie probably w- I would say Katie still would have achieved what she had of, but 
wouldn't have seen it. She, maybe she wouldn't have got as far without yeah. the boundaries that uh, Deirdre had set out. And Deirdre really locally, if you look at it, like we've we've people from this town like Soxburn and won a, a bronze medal. And mm. Deirdre is our first professional boxer from this town and our first and only legitimate world champion, you know. I know it's fantastic, and 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 no and no recognition. But we are going to we're, we're we're slowly but surely changing this. But tell me about the boxing scene at the time, just to give us an idea of the enormous struggle that Deirdre was facing. Like to say that it was completely illegal for women to enter this sport is just kind of mind blowing to say that today in twenty twenty one, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Like it obviously it was different times back then. It was the late eighties, early nineties, and uh, she she. W- <laughs> She she wanted to do it, but she didn't want to tell anyone in case someone you know tried to prevent her doing it. And uh, so she had to kind of keep it to herself. She had uh, a boxing bag kind of tied up in her closet, mm. and she'd open it every so often and punch it and close it. And Deirdre, um, you know, went eventually went around uh, amateur boxing gyms, and a lot of people turned away and said, "No, like women aren't allowed to box here. You know, we're not going to do it." Eventually, someone took took her in, and it was tough for her because she had to spare men all the time every day and eventually it probably made her better in the end but it was very tough for her but it took her four years till she got her first fight in this country like four years um, they were even trying to get exhibitions sparring as well with another woman like it was just she couldn't get anything and uh, she was just kind of told when to give it up probably yeah. stuff that you know why bother don't, don't mm. even try uh, apply for it and, and and just, you know, as I mentioned in the introduction, just true grit and determination spurred her forward. And, you know, you, you mentioned the fight um, and this is a momentous because it's, this month is 30 years since that illegal fight, can we just say, took place. Tell me about that. Yeah, so back then, uh, kickboxing for some reason or another, which I've spoken to kickboxers who actually knew Anne-Marie, um, Deirdre Nelson's one who became a pro boxer in the end, but she was telling me how it was seen as like a martial arts. So it was a bit more accepted mm. uh, for women to take part in it. So uh, there was a there was a kickboxing show uh, basically in Limerick in the Shannon Arms Hotel at the back. And uh, Deirdre had gone on the Pat Kenny show and basically said like I need a fight. You know what I mean? It was four years in the making. She hadn't got a fight and uh, she got reached out to by um, a kickboxing promoter and said, "Look, this this woman, Amory uh, Griffin, will fight you um, on our show." But uh, she literally went down with a coach. She made sure that no one knew about it because she was so terrified of the fight getting pulled or someone finding out about it. So even though she was excited for the fight, she said she was very, very, very nervous because uh, she was just so afraid of it getting pulled in the end. But it was only supposed to be an exhibition. It had to be promoted as an exhibition where there was no winner or loser because that's what they had to do. Yeah. But uh, she was delighted in the end because they actually judged it and announced the winner and her arm was raised now. And look, even though it wasn't sanctioned by any governing body, uh, that would still go down as the first boxing match between two women in this country. Fantastic. You know, when you say it like that, I mean, it's it's just so impressive. But, you know, she'd no choice. She had to leave Ireland. First stop was London. Uh, tell me about her time there. She, did she spend long in London? No, like, she, she, as far as I understand, she was still training here, but she, she had about... She had about four fights, but you know, back then the the depth in in women's boxing. Now there's so many more that are pro, but back then the depth was very small. So she basically fought like three fights in the UK. She fought the same person twice, uh, which was very much a similar pattern in her in her career. She mm. fought uh, two people twice and someone else three times in a row. But 
in England, it was just, you know, she was too good. She was way ahead of her time. Do you know what I mean? And, and the women that she was fighting, you know, she was stopping them. And it was kind of like, right, we need to, we need to leave and go to the US. Because that was the only place that had any form of a market for women's uh, boxing uh, at all. Like, And uh, basically she was allowed to go over <laughs> on a favour, from a favour from her manager to uh, Bo Wilford. Yeah, because I, I wanted to talk to you about Bo Wilford. How did this, he, this is the guy that coached her in the States and became, I suppose, her mentor then going forward. Um, how did she meet him and how, uh, what convinced him to coach her? Yeah, like he, he actually didn't want to get involved at all. Um, he didn't want any part of it, but he's very much a, he was very much a man of uh, principle and he owed a favour to her manager. So, Basically, he he said, right, okay, I'll 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 give it a try. So he, funny enough, that fight that happened in Limerick, he watched the tapes of that and he was actually quite impressed. And he took her over and, uh, yeah, he, he so he was a man of you know integrity. But he put her in with uh, Kenny Vice, mm. who was a former world champion. He, she, who was training that gym. She came over. It was a warehouse, so she was like, she was nearly in tears. She was like, oh my god, I've travelled all this way for this, you know. And uh, he says, look, you get used to it. And uh, she sparred uh, Kenny Voice, who was a former champion, tough, tough guy. And uh, yeah, she she uh, she good sparring match with him, and yeah. apparently that was kind of what sold Bo Wilford on, on taking her on uh, in the end. Uh, so yeah, that kind of uh, that's where it all really, really started for. Yeah, and you know, as you mentioned, that's where things kicked off. You know, uh, tell me though about the famous fight in 1996. This was for a championship belt, took for a place in the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Huge focus, huge attention on this uh, on the night. Tell me about this. Yeah, well, Mike Tyson as well back in the 90s was obviously huge. Yeah. And uh, he was having his comeback fight actually when he came out of jail. He was fighting um, Frank Bruno on a pay per view. And millions would watch it, but uh, the fight didn't really between Frank and uh, Mike didn't really end up being what people thought it would be. And uh, funny enough, Christie ended up fighting Deirdre on the undercard, and uh, people were kind of thinking, "This pay you like two women fighting, like yeah. who's going to watch that?" Like, uh, and on a maybe, huge maybe stage, you know, MGM Grand Vegas, as you mentioned, Tyson. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. his comeback. Like, what what a better platform for her, oh. you know. Yeah, yeah, and the people don't actually recognise there was twenty pounds in the difference between Deirdre and Chrissy Martin because there was no weight classes for women back then. Okay, so basically the 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 board like the Nevada and the Nevada State Athletic Commission just basically had to say, look, there's no weight classes, but you're going to have to be close on weight than this. And Deirdre, when she was weighing in, she did everything, every trick in the book, putting weights uh, in her clothes and stuff to try <laughs> get her weight up, and uh, it ended up going ahead. But uh, she was just fearless in that way, and. A lot of people said, like, Christy Martin is going to blow you out of the water. Christy Martin was, like, the golden child of women's boxing. Like, she she was the person who was, who was basically bearing the flag for her, and she was allowed to fight on so many men's shows. And uh, people just thought Deirdre was going to get blown out of the water. But Deirdre and Christy both knew how good they were and how much skill they had, but the world didn't know it. And it wasn't until they had that fight like it was a brilliant fight for Oh, anyone. it's a brilliant yeah. fight. If people should watch this and I wouldn't normally be kind of somebody that would sit down and watch boxing but this is tremendous to watch. I highly recommend people seek it out. You can get it on YouTube, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get it. It's only six rounds but uh, you can get it on YouTube no problem and uh, as well as that, you know, it highlighted the skill that was there and uh, and also their ability to fight because there was moments where they really had to like fight it out in the inside with each mm. other and uh, they showed that the true great 
And that really, like, Chrissy Martin always says, she said in a very recent interview, actually, she said, you know, that really was the fight to change women's boxing because she said how after the fight, she went up to her room uh, in the hotel and she went up to her phone and uh, she had 300 voice messages. Wow. You know, and that just completely changed it. And, uh, you know, Deirdre, obviously, she said, I wish I was remembered more for my world title fight, obviously, because I lost against Christy, but they made the praise she got after, after she said her life changed after that night. Like, Yeah, this is when everything changed. People started to, to kind of knock on her door, you know, as opposed to her beating down theirs, you know. But you're on a campaign now to have Deirdre recognised here in Drogheda in her home uh, lo- location here. Tell us about your plans because I think this is a fantastic idea. Yeah, well, uh, it, it just kind of came across in my When I interviewed uh, Deirdre, like I was so happy and so excited to interview her and after I interviewed her, like, and I came away from it, it didn't really, something didn't really sit right with me. Um, you know, she kind of spoke how I could just see that it seemed like someone who was forgotten, you yeah. know, and, um, and I always felt such pride when I was chatting to her and interviewing her, and I think, God, everything that she's done for us, uh, especially in this town, and people don't realise the sacrifice that she made. She mm. left her friends and family here in Rotterdam, basically, to to pursue this uh this venture to basically break down these boundaries for people and the gratitude I still don't think is enough of what she's got and then I look in the town so we've got two statues there of, of Joe Mara and uh, Soxburn who by the way are fan- phenomenal, yep. phenomenal yep. Uh, athletes but then Sox has has his bronze medal from the Olympics and you can't tell me that Deirdre's world title doesn't mark up mm to that as well of course. as well as that being the first in this country the first world title for, for a woman and uh, and on top of that what she the battles that she fought outside the ring as well you know for me I just think it'd be great for the town um, it would bring great attention to the town for for the right reasons if you can imagine even like the t- TV coming down for the unveiling theatre herself said she would come for it oh that'd be people, fantastic and even like people like Katie Taylor, were, I'm sure would would come and watch it as well. Uh, come to it, so yeah. Because I have um, to mention her because she and uh, there's a brilliant documentary about Deirdre and about uh, the 1996 fight that we were talking about. Um, it's called Undercard, isn't isn't that what it's called? Girl on the Undercard. Girl yeah, on the Undercard. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, uh, yeah. by RTE. It's a fantastic documentary. And Katie um, reads uh, an, um, a letter that she sent to Deirdre when she was a youngster trying to make her way as well in this world. And again, facing, you know, not too many opportunities for Katie when she was younger as well. But it's a powerful letter, isn't it? Yeah, she just, like, obviously, Katie being that young, you need people to look, look up to and. Deirdre was really the only one in this country anyway, but she was very like Katie. She was very driven and was trying to break down these boundaries for people in the, in the sport. And you need someone to look up to, and that was the relationship that they had. And when I was interviewing Pete Taylor, Pete said that he actually trained in Saviours with Deirdre. Wow. What happened was Katie took a, took a liking to boxing, and he, Deirdre was like, you know what? Deirdre could see herself in her. She's like, I could see that driving fire in her. I wanted to harness it. And... Uh, she took her over to her house, to her mum's house in Sandyford, and said, "Look, you just can't, don't get put down by all the boundaries you're going to get put in front of you. But just keep going, you know." But uh, yeah, there was a lovely, lovely letter, um, and she just kind of said to her because at that stage, Deirdre had obviously gone abroad and said, "You know, I don't, I don't know if boxing is going to be ever going to be allowed in this country, but I'm going to keep going until until I do." And 
obviously that's what happened in the end and uh, Deirdre obviously still has that letter now. Yeah, and it's, it's lovely to have that connection. How can we make this happen? How can we support you, Kieran, in this? Well, first of all, uh, people in locally can back it, back it on social media, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You go onto my page, there's, there's the piece from the paper there, there's the interview itself. Share as much as you can. Um, I'd be speaking with certain people uh, involved. Number one person I'd just like to say, so Hubert Murphy with the Draw Independent, I'd yep. just like to say thank you to him because when this, when I originally found out about this, I, I did realise that Hubert was actually one of the first people to ever interview her when she was up for fight. Yeah, yeah I, I, and he features in this documentary as well, uh, very prominently as well. And, and, you know, as you say, he's the one that kind of started this spotlight on her. Absolutely. Yeah, so when I actually contacted him, I said, I want to speak to you about something here. And he said, funny enough, I was speaking, uh, I'm already having a piece down for boxing for this woman, Deirdre Cogarty. And I was like, oh my God, you're, you're doing one as well, you know, So which was great. Like So uh, fair play to him as well. And it's more so me and you, you have been, Hubert have been talking at length um, about what steps we're going to take. But first of all is the support and the awareness from mm-hmm. from the community. But um, there's absolutely no reason why it can't why it can't happen, you know. And uh, it's a dream of Deirdre's as well. Uh, she said, you know, she remembers socks. He's coming to the gym, and uh, he was a very nice man, and she used to respect him so much. And she remembered how proud he was when he had the the statue made. So uh, she said that's a, an absolute dream for her. She even texted me actually saying, which I will actually uh, I'll, I'll read out to you here. Do go for um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she basically said. That secretly, uh, she said, yeah, so she said, uh, uh, I will admit to you that I've secretly dreamed of a statue like Socks for years. Only the great town of Trada has given me official recognition for my accomplishments. So a statue would unquestionably give me my achievements, national recognition. We've got to make this happen. Kieran. anything that we can do to help in terms of promoting this, we're going to stay on this story with you and follow the progress as, as time goes on. I want to thank you so, so much for bringing awareness and attention to Deirdre, to me and to, to listeners th- today. Thank you so, so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, thanks for giving me the platform, Sinead. I really appreciate it. Not at all. Kieran McIver there, Boxing Bants Ireland. Okay, he's on Boxing Bants on Twitter. Uh, he's all over, all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, the whole lot. If you want to find out more about this, uh, we're going to keep the story going and see how Kieran gets on. But let's get this statue erected for the amazing Deirdre Gogarty in her local area. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 